greetings to all our listeners from Abhyankar's IAS. I'm your host Shantanu and today on this episode of UPSC Prep Decoded, we will focus on sustainable development goals and their impact on Indian agriculture. Joining us today is Mr. Ashay Abhyankar, our director and mentor, to discuss this extremely important topic. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Shantanu. Sir, on a broad level, what role do you think the SDGs will play or are playing in shaping agricultural activities around the globe? In particular, can we identify the trends in agriculture in developing and developed countries separately? This is a pretty interesting debate that is actually being played out at an international level, particularly with regard to the World Trade Organization and a lot of chaos that has been ensuing given the, um, you know, the deliberations on agricultural subsidies. So if you look at agriculture in terms of the developing world, it has been the economic and the social and community backbone of the entire rice bowl in Asia and also in many countries of Latin, Central and South America. So you have seen that a lot of focus of agriculture is interwoven into the economic makeup of the developing world purely on two grounds. One, that it supports a large chunk of its population and in most cases also contributes reasonably well to the national income. However, having said that, if you look at the trend in India today, the percentage of those who are directly or indirectly linked to agriculture has dropped significantly. So we are looking at a population or workforce of between 50 to 55% and a contribution to national income, which has absolutely shrunk to something between 12 to 15% again. So if you look at the issues related to agriculture, most of the problems related to the sustainable development goals are problems that are directly or indirectly linked to the occupation of agriculture purely because we are looking at economic distress in the realm of economic distress with with regard to rural India, availability of resources, agricultural credit, financial literacy, infusions of technology, a large mainstream of the rural population being struck by poverty. So if we were to actually look at the canvas of all these problems, you will realize that actually turning agriculture into an, an, an area where you move a concept of you know, a, a difference between agricultural issues which have been plaguing modern India, particularly more so in spite of having huge successes in the mid-70s with the Green Revolution, have raised some pertinent questions, particularly in the new millennium. So I'm pretty sure that as we move on with the discussion today, you know, the questions that you would ask would probably unravel a whole lot of issues that we can probably discuss in, in a slightly more threadbare kind of manner. Right, sir. So coming to India, the government and its agencies are taking several decisive steps to make Indian agriculture more sustainable such as the National Mission for Sustainable Agriculture. How effective do you, think, do you think these policies, programs, and schemes are for Indian agriculture? How can they be improved? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you see, Shantanu, when you looked at the year 2000, uh, at, at the cusp of the new millennium, India realized that it had to really get its act together with regard to agriculture, particularly with looking at the sustainability of land, purely because we had a huge pressure of man on land. In addition to that, a absolutely, you know, open and unmindful use of chemical pesticides and insecticides, fertilizers, 
that were all brought in by the green revolution and not actually tested on pilot basis before they were employed for um, a huge agricultural productivity has been questions which have pretty much gone unanswered and also gone unchecked in terms of the effects of them on land so when you look at sustainable development of agriculture we are trying to build and improve the input side with regard to infrastructure with regard to technology with regard to scientific inputs for example if you look at the soil health fertility cards that we are looking at which will probably determine the kind and quality of crops that can be grown to boost a national average per hectare yield or whether you look at concepts of um, you know more water um, per drop uh, under irrigation um, uh, initiatives or whether you look at neem coated urea which is uh, being put into the soil so we have seen that sustainability will also help better accessibility it will take you back to organic farming which has been the mainstay of cultivation in india but it will have a slightly more scientific infusion which will increase productivity which will help in augmenting um, farmers incomes it will help in remunerative pricing it will also help to increase the basket of agriculture and allied activities that the agrarian economy is actually dependent on and as a result of this this will mitigate and also minimize risk and definitely increase and boost income thank you sir for these insights one major hurdle in accessing modern eco friendly farming technologies for farmers is the availability of credit what kind of role can financial institutions play in augmenting sustainability in indian agriculture you see the issue um, uh, shantanu um, when you look at factors related to you know making available financial resources to farmers is one very important issue here that i'd like to highlight when you looked at the entire problem related to the green revolution india was facing a physical scarcity of food right so you were the entire focus was on making food available for the teeming millions particularly because india had issues of exodus of populations at partition and subsequently later there was a very very high increase in population because of an alarming increase in birth rate and subsequent stagnation in death rate because of better availability of medical facility now if we just cut the chase to the year 2000 2004 you realize that there was a economic scarcity of food whereby godowns of the food corporation of india were flooded with with buffer stock completely rotting um, in the government godowns being eaten by rodents and you know headlines making um, or rather showing pictures of potbelly children in odisha uh, suffering from malnutrition and you had the supreme court take up the the matter based on a uh, multiple public interest litigations a famous one being by the uh, people's union for civil liberties that subsequently pushed to the passing of the national food security act that actually guaranteed food as a legal right but now when we delve deeper into the problem we realize that the issue of food security did not necessarily involve and include the concept of income security for the farmer so if you see most of the legislations that are being passed currently that are trying to free the marketing distribution of agricultural produce and commodities cutting the role of middlemen the mandi systems the agricultural produce marketing committees are actually going to allow for remunerative remunerative pricing the right price discovery it's going to allow market forces of demand and supply to actually come and meet each other so that you can the the goal of doubling of farmers incomes which otherwise seems utopian can actually become a reality 
So in such cases, when you have better um, involvement of public-private partnerships, contract farming, you will realize that insurance mechanisms, which otherwise guarantee security, which minimize risk, you know, which are more like, you know, taking into account different contingencies arising either because of vagaries of nature or with regard to a pest attack on crop and things like that. I believe that these are more long-term solutions to ensuring that farmers have adequate agricultural support, right? In addition to that, you have government subsidies which are running perfectly well with regard to the agricultural um, sector. Now to come uh, slightly more um, you know, in tune with your question, I believe that NABARD, SIGBI, and many other you know, financing institutions are providing a whole lot of loans to farmers. But the issue in, uh, you know, where, where you find agricultural credit lacking a little bit is the issue of having some kind of you know, risk minimization even for a financial institution, purely because land is a very emotive issue. So mortgaging lands and things um, related to that are not comfort zones for the farming community in India. So I believe that moving more towards an insurance kind of an approach where you can minimize the risk, you are able to mitigate it, and you're able to account for certain vagaries that may come about, I believe should be a long-term sustainable kind of solution to balance this very, very challenging conundrum. Very well put, sir. So organic farming has gained enormous significance in recent years due to its critical linkages with sustainable agricultural practices. However, there are questions being raised about the productivity and efficiency of organic farming in feeding the large population of India. How can India find a balance between ensuring food security and advancing sustainability? You see, food security and sustainability are going to be an ensuing challenge in India, like you mentioned correctly, because we have teeming millions who need to be fed. And now they have to be fed as a legal right uh, under the National Food Security Act. But if you can focus on organic cultivation more as diverse systems of uh, using different systems of cropping, allowing for multi-cropping systems, uh, crop rotation, also looking at newer avenues which are being um, pushed forth by the agricultural stimulus package under the Atmanirbhar uh, Bharat Abhiyan, um, you know, post the COVID pandemic, where you're creating more amount of agricultural clusters, you're focusing more on agri-processing, agri-marketing. I believe that this has to be one of the many steps in the pipeline between farm to fork. So this will, the sustainability is not only going to be with regard to cultivation, but it's also going to be with regard to how the entire pipeline between farm to fork can be interwoven into the larger picture of ensuring that food productivity can be maintained. For example, if you see India is the second largest producer of fruits and vegetables in the world, but 50% of your produce on a daily basis is wasted because you don't have cold storage um, and processing facilities. So I believe that organic cultivation will need certain technological interventions. These interventions will ease out the pressures in the entire pipeline between farm to fork. And I believe that we will be able to accomplish our goal of feeding people and also ensuring that it's sustainable to the environment within which you're cultivating and the ecosystem in general. Thank you, sir. One last question. On a very general level, how do you see Indian agriculture progressing over the next decade, given the fact that Indian agro products are becoming increasingly integrated with global value chain? Indian agriculture is going to see 
a slightly minimized population involved in agriculture purely because we are a transiting economy. We are going to see more people getting into entrepreneurial, industrial, skill-based activities. So even though the percentage of population in the agricultural sector shrinks, it's, if its contribution to national income increases, which is the goal of having systems linked to you know, doubling of farming incomes, you're going to see a very rich, a very progressive farmer, a farmer who's going to be willing to take risks, to diversify, and also to engage in activities that are so allied to agriculture. So the entire basket production looks to be very comprehensive. So he will take up activities related to pisciculture, vermiculture, horticulture, beekeeping, fisheries, you know, goat farming, and so many other things that are going to augment his revenue are going to minimize his risk and actually add to his income. So I see a very positive um, factor with this. The, the new farming laws are a huge step in this direction. The government itself, which has played the role of an intermediary through continuously monitoring up or regulating prices through MSPs and APMCs, is actually getting out of the way You know, with, with a very clear understanding of how market forces should apply, that the government really has no business to be in the business. And I believe that this is the focus of minimum government, maximum governance. This is the focus of Atmanirbhar Bharat. This is the focus of Krishi Kalyan and Krishi Udyoks. So I believe that if this can be the, the roadmap for the next decade, we are going to see a very, very promising, a prosperous picture as far as um, the Indian agriculture is concerned. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, sir, for enlightening, enlightening us on this hotly debated topic. I'm sure those preparing for the UPSC will benefit enormously from our discussion today. Dear listeners, your feedback and inputs are instrumental for us to keep improving our content. If you have any questions, do share them with us and we will try our best to address them. If you like this episode, do remember to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. You can also download any episode of your choice to gain insights on diverse topics anytime, anywhere. We also have a Facebook page, an Instagram handle, and a Twitter handle, all by the name of Abhyankar's IA. Please visit us on our website and to get in touch with us, our email ID is info at abhyankarias.com. So we are done for today, friends. We will see you in a week's time. Keep hustling, keep smiling.